Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Cole here with you. Joined alongside by the Wiz Kid from Wisconsin. What's cracking? Uh, just, you know, bashing the haters and losers on Twitter right now, of which there are many. Oh, I'm excited for it oh. to be Thursday here. <laughs> Getting you ready here for week three. We got Boy Young Boy. We got Matt Harmon. Uh, on Tinder. I'm trying to as share. As per <laughs> usual. Actually, well, <laughs> actually, I'm trying to share your Facebook broadcast oh, uh, so that we can all, you know, promote ourselves and pat yes. each other on the back. Absolutely. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Lovely. And we have the Magical Beard of Fantasy copiously writing down notes right now. Yep. What's uh, up? Matt Good Frank morning. Friends. What's up, man? Hello, friends. Hello. Are you ready? I'm ready to rock. All right, let's Week ready. three preview. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> We're going to get you to every – Damn, a game. We're going to give you deep sleepers for here week three, or if you prefer, maybe an early week four pickup for mm. those of you who are in the know and ahead of the game. We're going to give you, of course, all the latest injury news, and we start right now with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news. All right, let's start in Minnesota. Sam Bradford, day-to-day, limited in practice. NFL Network's Tom Pelissero reporting, quote, Bradford is believed to have a bone bruise, that according to a source. They'll see how his knee responds to an injection and go <laughs> from there. Fun. Um, ow. That's not... That doesn't sound great, but uh, I guess if look, look, no one's really playing Sam Bradford. That's James. Fine. I was told he's fine. I was told he could play this week. I was told he could play six weeks from now. I was told either way. So where's he's fine? So where's the lie? He's fine. Uh, he's fine. Good. It's fine. Good. It's fine, right? It's good. Fine. Perfect. This is fine. Um, no, but what do you do with Stefan Diggs? Uh, what do you do with Adam Thielen? A, a lot of people obviously freaking out because they saw what the effects of Case Keenum are. On the statistical values of Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, uh, I will. I'm benching him if Bradford's out. Tampa Bay's got a good defense. Yeah. they're at home. There's just minimal upside. Like the Keenum has been atrocious since 2013 statistically among like all passers to have at least 20 starts. I think I said this on the last podcast. He ranks like 34th, 33rd in like completion percentage, yards per game, turnovers. It's not great. I just I don't want to go down with that ship. I don't want to uh, ruin my Sunday by watching right. Case Keenum and yeah. being like, please connect with them. Please connect with them. Please. I'm covering, yeah, that's, that's I'm covering what I was my doing eyes last for those week. of you listening to this right now. I'm a little torn because okay. you don't know how prepared Keenum was for the game last week. Like it might have been like that's he true. woke up Sunday morning and right. they were like, you're in. And he was like, what? Yeah. And he probably had no reps with the starters. The Steelers have a decent defense. The Bucks also have a de- decent defense. So I'm a little torn. You would think they've prepared him with the starters this week. You just think so. You're saying first-team reps. I mean, it, yeah. it's true because I don't even – did he get first-team reps last week? I you would know. You would assume if Bradford was uh, – was, was, was hurt. Was hurt. Although the injury did catch a lot of people by surprise. Yeah. Right. Like, it, it was like, oh, he'll test it out in warm-ups before the game. Right. And then he just didn't go like an hour before game started. And right. 
it's, it's a much softer landing spot being at home than going into Pittsburgh too for True. a player like Case Keenum. So there's that. Is it a situation though where you might be okay if we're trying to project game script? Could you be okay playing Diggs and Thielen? In a high-scoring game, maybe Tampa Bay runs out to a big lead. Minnesota's like, hey, man, we got to just air this baby out, and and they get after it. I don't know. Is is that a potential game script there for Tampa Bay? I think that's possible, but I also think it's quite possible this is a real low-scoring game with two pretty agree. good defenses. Yeah. they got great defenses. They're on the road. The Vikings will keep them close, and it's just going to be low-volume coming from Case Keenum, which just makes me want to vomit. That I would agree with. All right, let's move on. Jordan Howard. Limited in practice Wednesday with a shoulder injury. He was spotted in a sling, remember, postgame Sunday. Also, Kyle Long remained limited in practice as well. Okay, so what are you doing with Jordan Howard? Again, dealing with that shoulder injury franchise. Uh, I think you got to bench him for now until wow. we see. Agreed. I, he left, his, he left the, the stadium in a sling, like you said. Like, we don't – Limited practice. He was limited all week last week, and then he didn't get a carry in the second half. And I think it's going to be a Tariq Cohen game. The Steelers have a good defense. And basically, if you're starting Howard, you're banking on the Bears getting down there to the goal line. The Mike Glennon-led Bears offense getting down there to the goal line and hoping and praying that Jordan Howard is there to punch one in. And I don't know if you can really risk that. You're really kind of screwed if you drafted Jordan Howard in the first or second round. That's just kind of the – that's just that's what we know now. But based on what we know from the 2017 season, like you're screwed if, if this is what you did. <laughs> because because basically he's yeah. he's essentially what Mike Gillisley is, but one of them plays on the Patriots and the other yeah. one plays on the Bears. And like he's injured. He, yeah, and he's injured. You're just kind of hoping that he scores a touchdown, basically. Like that that's what cool. you're Cool, he'll give you like eight points. That's like his ceiling now at this point. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean if he somehow gets in the end zone twice, but he plays on the Bears, man. Like it's right. it, it's a it's a really rough spot. Like everything that could be working against a running back is currently working against this running he back. He lost like all of his passing game work last week, which is the the nail in the coffin for me. That's why you got to sit him. He had a uh, target last week. Yeah. Well, uh, he didn't he didn't play in the second. He didn't play half. in the half, but if they're down, they're going to use Cohen. Exactly. That, that suits his uh, skill set more. I think and they're going to be down. They're playing the Steelers. Let's be real. I'm worried about the injury too until we see him like on the field for a whole game. That's like, a big one. I, yeah, I, I, I think agree. they could be hiding this, and he's going to have a very limited workload just so teams have to prepare for him, Correct. and it's going to be a fantasy nightmare. Yeah. Jordy Nelson, back at practice Wednesday. Woo! Randall Cobb, not at practice Boo. Wednesday. He's got a shoulder injury as well. Brian Balaga, back at practice. Bakhtiari, not at practice. <laughs> good, okay. bad, good, bad. Jordy Nelson there. <laughs> Jordy put me on an emotional roller coaster here with all these <laughs> updates for my team. Um, all right, so Jordy Nelson back at practice. What do we make of that, uh, Alex Gilhar? It's great news. I mean, he uh, was on the stationary bike for most of that game after he tweaked his quad. I think he's been mostly limited in practice throughout. He might have sat out one of them, but he was back practicing at full. He said his expectation is to play, and if somebody's practicing in full this late in the week, I agree. Unless there's a surprise setback, he's going to be in there. So you can lock him and Devontae Adams into your lineups. I think Cobb with that shoulder injury is a little more concerning. As, as great as he's been, he leads the Packers in targets and catches so far this year. I'd probably leave him on the bench just because they may limit his snaps with that shoulder injury, especially or chest, whatever it is now, especially with him being out this late in the week. Yeah, it's a, a bit, I don't know. I, I felt bad for Randall Cobb because, you know, obviously he had an injury-riddled campaign in 2016. He was starting to cook. He was. You know what he I mean? He was really starting to cook this year. I know. Year. And, uh, and then uh, he got that shoulder injury now, and I don't know. It doesn't look like he's uh, – if he's going to play, it's going to be in a limited capacity in week three. All right, Jimmy Graham did not practice Wednesday. We talked about him, you know, possibly, you know, didn't look great. Obviously, what has he got, nine yards in two games? Or is it eight uh, yards? I don't know what it it's is. It's eight or nine yards on like nine It's not good. Nine it's not double targets. digits. Nice and ten, <laughs> which is not ideal. Um, and, and now we find that he's been dealing with an ankle injury as well. Did not practice on Wednesday. Is I will throw this out there. Is Jim, I've seen this on Twitter as well. People want to drop Jimmy Graham. It's not the craziest thing in the world right now. You uh, want, like with tight ends these days, basically all we're chasing is touchdown upside. And yes. the Seahawks offense is not threatening the end zone a lot. And even when they are, like Graham, 
I have to, have to I have to look at his red zone targets. Do they they have one touchdown on the season? They have a touchdown on the yeah. season, and it's from Paul Richardson. Yeah, good God. Uh, give me two <laughs> seconds here to. Oh, great! Of course, now the spreadsheet's not working. Good, good stuff. This is wonderful radio. I don't think you. I don't think you. I don't think him. you drop him yeah. because uh, the Seahawks offense should get right. But if you're hurting for tight end production, yeah, he has one target in the red zone. I yeah. think. The, I think part of the reason why people are wanting to drop him is is the mentality of they don't want to roster two tight ends. Yeah, which is which is totally understandable. I don't like to roster two tight ends either, but I think it's too reactionary to drop him. Okay. Like you, like Gelhar said, you're basically just chasing touchdowns with Jimmy Graham, and while he doesn't have that right now, he has the potential to be one of those tight ends that you're yes. doing more than just chasing right. a touchdown with. Uh, this stat comes in from Adam Levitan. I think it really it illustrates the Seahawks' offense well. Uh, since 2014, uh, points per game for Russell Wilson – uh, September 16.3, October 18.9, November 21.7, December 24.2. So this is like business as usual for the Seahawks. As annoying and as frustrating as it is, this is we've seen them slow start before and then get right. So we're just kind of crossing our fingers and hoping that that happens soon. All right, so there you go. Um, Reed, Jordan Reed, was out of practice Wednesday. He had a chest injury in addition to having a broken toe. Big surprise. Chest Jordan Reed's injured. <laughs> Jordan Reed out of practice Wednesday. Uh, I got to think he's not playable on Sunday, even if he's active. Uh, we'll find out, uh, of course, whether or not he will play. But uh, even if he is active, I, I don't know. Matt Harmon, you, I, I'm, I'm telling people don't play the guy. I, I just don't see any upside there. Yeah, I don't know. What you, I mean, all the tight ends that are normally hurt are hurt. Yeah, <laughs> It seems to be it's, that it's way. Bad shape. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that. Uh, with Reed, like not wanting, not wanted to play him, but at the same time, this is a this is probably going to be a pretty high scoring game on Sunday night against the Raiders, who exactly, uh, you know, in the past have given up a ton of production to tight ends. Yeah, uh, so it's true. I I think uh, I think I'm still playing Reed. I just don't have like a lot of people ask me these questions all the time, and yeah. especially now that I've been going back and forth like more in, in detail on people with like Snapchat and stuff. Like okay. a lot of times, I tell people like. If you want to do that, like go for it. I just tip, I don't have the stones to do it. Like that's yeah. that's the way I am. I just like these guys that are big time pr- producers. Even if it's a rough spot, I I don't have the stones to do it. Maybe I'm just a coward, but that's me. In, in Reed's favor, <laughs> like the Washington offense n- has not reached its heights that we know it can. But yeah. he's still second on the team in targets with 14. Leads the team in receptions with 11, and is second on the team in receiving yards with 84. Okay. So if that offense, like you said, this could be a high-scoring game. If that offense gets back to the levels where it was, it's operating very efficiently and, you know, Kirk's pushing 300 yards passing a game, you can easily see a situation where Reed is a reliable contributor and again. And if they do get down there near near the goal line inside the 10-yard line, you know, Rob Kelly's injured now. Maybe they don't try to pound it in with the running backs. Maybe they throw it to a guy like Jordan Reed. Yeah, Rob Kelly passing. dealing with a, uh, a bruised rib uh, or something along those lines. Uh, and that's actually pretty good news, actually. Uh, really for him because they were afraid that it might be a cracked rib uh, and mm-hmm. that would keep him out a lot of games. But it looks like Rob he came Kelly back into the game after he left. Like he went in the locker room last week and then he came back on the field, which I think was. But a then good sign. didn't he leave again and took the pads off? I don't know. I uh, think I saw pro- him in the probably. fourth quarter with pads Maybe. off. Yeah. Anyways, Terrence West did not practice Wednesday. He's got a thigh injury. As well. Uh, I just, uh, regarding Terrence West, it's worth remembering that that Ravens Jags game is in London, so it's a 9:30 oh, Eastern yes. start. You know what? That's why I Pacific. Put it here. So if you have Terrence West, it's probably worth it to just bench him yeah. out of safety. Like he's yeah. injured, he's already seeding work to Buck Allen, and that game starts so early. The last thing you want to do is be out a little too late on yeah. Saturday night, wake up and you be know? like, "Oh, great, Terrence West is out." <laughs> so I think with if you have players in this yeah. game that are injured, I mean, he's me, he's the main one. You just just sit him. Yeah. yeah, Marshall Yonda also out for the season now too. I mean, you know, where Terrence West is going to make hay is going to be on the ground, right, between the tackles. And with no Yonda, the, the Baltimore offense looking a little suspect anyways. As you mentioned, it's going to be an early game dealing with an injury I th- I in London. We're, we're, shipping, <laughs> we're shipping over probably yeah. a 12-6 to 6 game to London oh, for the first one. Have nice. fun. It's Go great. pick up Alex Collins, though. He's he's worth grabbing. Okay. Yeah, I picked him up in a couple Deep spots. Sleeper. Deep oh, sleeper. It's a beautiful segue oh. into – Early week four pickup slash deep sleepers for week three. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's not bad, actually, Alex Collin as an early stash. Yeah, he was he was in the deep dive this week uh, for me, and he got seven carries for over 40 yards in his first game with the Ravens uh, against the Browns. Uh, as you mentioned, Terrence West banged up. 
it's just worth it at this point of the season to start looking at some of these backfields that don't have a ton of clarity. Like they have a guy they've added. Obviously they like him. They elevated him from the practice squad. And it's just about opportunity, man. If something happens to Buck Allen, he gets hurt, whatever, uh, then Collins would probably step right into a starting role uh, with with a ton of volume. So it's it's worth going out and, uh, and grabbing him. All right, WizKid, you got a deep sleeper for me? Yeah, if you're in a deeper league and uh, you're desperate for wide receiver help, you could go to the Packers and dial up Geronimo Allison. Oh, he actually played. Homer. Homer. He played the second most snaps in that game on Sunday. And <laughs> Jordy Nelson, while he should play, he could easily reaggravate that quad. But with Cobb out, if they do go to three wides, Allison's kind of the next man up there to step up with them. And you would expect the Packers to hang a bunch of points on the Bengals this week. I think they're. Uh, expected to win by 10 points per some people that look at those numbers oh, and uh are there you know you know what i mean i'm gonna dance around that a little okay, bit but okay. yeah we there, okay. sure okay. geronimo okay. allison okay. give him a look all right, yeah, all like right. high numbers franchise yo i'm going with the uh, wide receiver new england philip dorsett because why not why? isn't he injured right now uh, every every wide receiver on the injured. patriots is on the injury report That's okay also true. rex burkhead robin gankowski danny amadola philip dorsett chris hogan and Matt Slater are all on the Patriots injury report wow. this week. This is what the Patriots do Fun. because they ma- well, want I to mask their plan. Everybody actually is injured but this year, too. It's yeah. not <laughs> this just, time for real, though. Look, it's last week, Dorsett had three catches for, I think, 68 yards. Yes, okay. it was against the Saints, but he's out there in a lot of leagues. You know, they just picked him up before the season started. They might get him a little more integrated to this offense as the season goes on, considering all these injuries. Okay. You know, his production will be volatile, but – Deep sleeper. We're talking deep sleeper. Yes. He's a guy who's out there, you know? Can I give you a ridiculously deep sleeper? I mean, this is literally like you got to be 16 teams in a PPR league. Danger zone. Danger zone. (laughs) Let's go. Tyler Irvin in Houston. Ooh. Gross. (laughs) I like what you're doing here, Kyle. For I know. Listen, for whatever reason, (laughs) he's been getting more snaps, uh, you know, as the weeks have gone on here. And this is a game that could be a blowout. I could see some garbage time points being uh, accrued by Tyler Irvin, their pass catching back right. um, late in the ball game. Uh, and, again, this is for PPR only. Uh, I Total yardage, I don't think it's going to be great. Look, he got a lot of snaps last week. He did. Uh, against the Bengals. Uh, 79% of them were out of the slot. Boom. So th- mm-hmm. I think they're using him as a slot guy because they all their pass catchers, all their tight ends, all their wideouts are injured. Only thing that sucks for that pick, James, is Bruce Ellington, Harmon's favorite, is back to practicing in full. And yeah, bro. I think they used mm. Irvin there a lot because they were without like That's every wide they receiver. They were without Thursday. the NFL's best true. slot receiver. Even right, <laughs> but they might, you know, they might be using him there more. Yeah. They were without the NFL's best but wait, Slot you have to be you? torn now because Higgins is in the NFL and is actually playing. So how do you decide between Higgins and Ellington? Your boy, your tits. Which, whichever one goes off on Sunday. <laughs> That's the one I'm claiming. <laughs> That's the one I'm nice. <laughs> That's the I, one I'm claiming. Yeah, not to dive into the Higgins <laughs> thing, but I'm uh, just from like all the tweets I've been getting this week, it's either going to be a really fun Sunday or a really bad Sunday oh, for beautiful. me. So just let's all just prepare mentally. You I love to it. Start Higgins, bro. I absolutely. Love it. All right, EDG, let's go. Every damn game. Baltimore taking on Jacksonville in London. Get excited, London. <laughs> hey, they love their Jaguars, okay? They do. They just love the, you know, God bless them. They just love their football. I think I, I saw I think I saw NFL Network Steve Smith tweet last night. Okay. I was on my way home and he was like, I just got on a plane to London. I forgot how he was like, Jaguars yeah. fans travel well. He was they like, this, this plane is loaded with Jaguars fans. Nice. Love it. And then he hashtagged the tweet, Steve Smith. I will say. Uh, <laughs> I was like, who hashtagged <laughs> the tweet? He hashtagged it with his name. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to start doing that. Hashtag uh, Matt Harmon. I want to say real quick before we dive into this, shout out to the UK fans, though. They do love their football. When yeah. I was over yeah. there for my, uh, so- my other football, football. Uh, trip in the spring to watch a bunch of soccer, uh, everywhere I went, like I'd meet up with some fans, and like they're they uh, they love it. We'd have some beers, we'd talk football, and nice. they, they're diehards over there. They awesome. tweet a lot at us yeah, too. They yeah. do. It's they always love cool. It. So yeah. credit, love, credit love to the international. I, I do. I do as much as I'm razzing this game being Ravens Jags. I do love the passion that the UK fans have for yeah, it. So talk about it. Let's dive uh, into it. Wait, Mike Wallace says, "quote He needs the rock more." Right. Uh, that's the news piece that comes in with this game. But Matt Harmon. What does he have, like four targets in two games? I don't, he's Mike he Wallace. He I don't and Perriman know. have three catches for 20 yards on 12 targets. Wow. Wow. Okay. Oh, 
Okay. Well, look, the Ravens' passing offense right now is not very voluminous. With the voluminous, they, they really have. Com- I, I mean, like it. a lot of times teams are, you know, they say one thing and then they they can't quite do it. But the Ravens did seem like, hey, we want to we want to run the ball more. We want to be a more conservative uh, ground based attack, and they have been so far. I mean, yeah. Buck Allen is eating up touches back there. I mean, Terrence West is still getting work too when he's been healthy. Indeed. So I, I just don't think that like. Outside of Ben Watson and uh, Jeremy Macklin, there really isn't much to eat in the Ravens' passing game. Now, the Jaguars' defense has two great like boundary corners in uh, in AJ Bouye and Jalen Ramsey, oh, but yeah. that does leave room in the middle of the field to attack. And I think Ben Watson and Jeremy Macklin running a lot of his routes from the slot are are pretty good plays in the, in this game. I like uh, it. Especially Watson, uh, who caught all eight of his targets last week, played a ton. Uh, and you know a lot of look the, look what the Titans did like, with their tight ends. Even Jonu Smith got a big long touchdown run against the Jags last week. Jonu Smith, yes. I think that is where you want to attack a defense that has great cornerbacks and a, and a strong pass rush in in the Jaguars. So I think those two guys are great plays. And on the Jags side, I mean it's a ugly spot for pretty much everybody. Ravens defense has been lights out through two weeks. You're playing Fournette based on volume, and you're probably ignoring all the pass catchers. I think the Jags defense is a decent play, though, especially because Marshall Yonda just went out. They can still pressure. And that pass attack, the the Ravens actually have a 60-40 run to pass split right now, so that pass attack isn't dynamic. If this game stays close, they could pick up a couple sacks and maybe a turnover. Who knows? It's in London. Weird things could happen. That's also true. Denver taking on the Bills. We'll stay with you, Wiskit. Well, this is an interesting game because I think this is the uh, this is like the truth telling game for Trevor Simeon here. He's had sure. two good games. He scored on a lot of like passing touchdowns inside the ten. He's got his great receivers, but Buffalo is one of two teams that hasn't allowed a passing touchdown yet this year. So I still think Trevor Simeon's in a decent spot because the Bills played the Jets in Week One, and then they had Cam Newton miss a wide open touchdown last week. So that's a bit of a misleading stat. True. But, uh, I think you got to ride the hot hand with Trevor Simeon right now until the magic runs out. It could very well be this week on the road. This kind of feels like a trap game for him. But he's been playing well. He's making good decisions. He's got great receivers. You're starting Thomas and Sanders, speaking of, because they have 26.7 and 23.3% of his targets right now. That's what we just expect from them. Those two are going to eat up all the targets. And then C.J. Anderson right now, workhorse baby, leads all NFL running backs and touches. Yep. Uh, can't turn away from him right now, even yeah. in a bad matchup. I agree. And uh, their defense, obviously, is in a good spot. They held to, they slowed down two good offenses. They're going on the road, but the Bills' offense is uh, not great right now, and uh, I love the Broncos' defense. On the flip side for the Bills, really the only people we're trusting in this offense, at least to me, are LaShawn McCoy volume and Charles Clay is maybe a streamer again. If the Bills are going to move the ball at all against this Denver defense, I think it's going to be shady on the ground. He was disappointing yeah. last week, yeah. 12 rushes, 9 yards. but That was bad you'll against think, Carolina. You'll think they'll try and flip that well, back. Now and, it's Denver, and, though. And give their yeah. give their mo- – I mean, and Denver's run defense is no joke right now. Yep. But you would think the Bills will try to get back to what they do best, run the ball. And then Charles Clay, I mean, Jason Winton was a, a key chain mover for the Cowboys last week, catching 10 of 13 yeah, targets crazy. for 97 yards yeah, and a crazy, score. Crazy, crazy. Uh, Charles Clay is not a Hall of Famer like Jason Winton, but <laughs> the opportunity is there at least. I like it. Pittsburgh taking on Chicago in the Windy City. We go to the man with the voluminous beard. Wow. Voluminous is the word of the day. Matt uh, you're welcome. This is an inflection point game, I think, for uh, – <laughs> Good. Uh, very good. No, no. Very good. It's uh, <laughs> right, I'm getting on good. Tinder. That's, it's, this uh, is, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a voluminous inflection point. I like it. For yes. uh, Marcus Absolutely. Wheaton revenge game, guys. Yeah, Come buddy. On. Let's he was go. A, he was a full participant in practice Wednesday. We know the the Bears need playmakers in that offense, especially in the pass catching. Uh, Talk about core. deep sleeper. So, Let's go. Yeah, let's uh, you know keep an eye on Marcus Wheaton. He might get some volume here okay. against his old team. Uh, Steelers D is obviously a great play there. Top 10 fantasy defense through two games. Uh, you can't trust Jordan Howard. We already talked about that. I yeah. expect a heavy dose of Tariq Cohen, uh, even though Steelers rushing defense is ranked eighth in the league right now. Uh, you know, Glennon, like, can we trust Glennon to move the ball? Not really. Uh, you're starting most of your Steelers. The Bears pass defense is ranked 24th in the league. Uh, so you're starting A.B., you're starting Martavis. I like Bell to get really back on track here. We saw him have high volume last week, not a ton of production, but, I mean, 31 touches. You can't leave that on your bench, obviously. So 
There I you like go. A good game for the Steelers, not a great game for your Bears. Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Matt Harmon, what do you got? Yeah, so we kind of talked about this game already up top with the Sam Bradford injury and, Indeed. and, and the way it could kind of go multiple different ways. I tell you, a player I really like in this game is Deshaun Jackson uh, with Mike Evans probably tied up with uh, Xavier Rhodes who – Traveled with Antonio Brown on 71.4% of his pass plays last week and held him to just 28 yards uh, on eight targets. So he's obviously – I mean, he's one of the best corners in the game. He's, sure. he's been lights out the last two years. Him traveling is weird, though. Yeah, because I'm, I'm actually writing about this for the Next Gen Stats column, which should be up by the time this podcast is posted. Uh, he didn't travel around with Michael Thomas at all. He mostly just stuck to the right corner position. And last year as well. He yes. Didn't, he didn't move almost at all. but uh, Only occasionally. So so it's kind of a guessing game in terms of when is he go- when are the Vikings going to deem a receiver worthy to have him track around the field. So you're kind of rolling the dice. But just assume for a minute that that is what happens with Mike Evans here. Okay. I think that leaves Deshaun Jackson in a really great spot against cornerbacks Trey Waynes and Terrence Newman who just got – especially Wayne's got roasted by Martavis Bryant, another deep threat last week. Interesting. Uh, the air yards were there for uh, Deshaun Jackson. He averaged 19 over 19 air yards per target. So they're taking deep shots to him, yeah. and if he hauls one of those down, you know, he, we know the deal with Jackson. Yeah. Super volatile. Right. Who knows? But if he hauls one of those down, he's going to make probably make your fantasy week, and I think this is one of those times when you want to try and, and trot him out there. Uh, and uh, I think everybody else in the Bucks is, you know, kind of – I'm not too excited about Jameis Winston in this game. No. Uh, nor – I mean, and you know the deal with Jaquiz Rodgers. He's getting Quiz. the Williams. Yeah. The Quiz. That's about it. Miami taking on the New York Jets. Alex Gilhar, what do you got? We've been talking Woo. about this all week, that this is a great spot for Jay Cutler to come out and put up huge numbers. So, obviously, he's going to fall flat on his face. Oh, yeah. Huge totally. interception numbers. Ajayi scoring three touchdowns and oh, Cuddy's easy. scoring zero. Oh, I'm not That's playing Cuddy. No. Yeah, no way. Yeah, I actually – I'm I'm kind of – the longer that the week has gone on, the exactly. more I'm like, I don't nah, want to Nah, I'm Cutler. not playing Cuddy. He's, he's, a de- he's a decent streamer if you're in a yeah. in a dire spot. If it's you've a good had match. Rough the, the awesome thing about Cuddy in this spot is literally the range of possibilities is endless. Oh, it, you know uh, I, mean? I could see him finishing as the QB1, and I could oh, also totally. see him having 100 yards and two picks. I could like, absolutely see this guy slinging it for 350 and five touchdowns. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> just putting a hurting on, on the Jets. But I could also see, it, see him just, you know, cigarette in the mouth on the sideline. <laughs> What in, it's what all in, doing here. in defense of Cuddy in the good matchup, the Jets have an eight, allowed an 8.9 touchdown rate to opposing quarterbacks. It's the highest in the league. Uh, we all know JSI is going to crush you. Definitely starting him this week. Right. I think this is a good spot for Devontae Parker, though. If yeah, Jay buddy. Cutler does do something deep, it's going to be to Parker. He for also sure. has 47.7% of the team air yards, was ranked fifth among wide receivers in week two. So he's getting plays downfield. We saw him make a couple last week, and uh, mm-hmm. he could be in for a big spot. If you're starting Jarvis Landry, you know he's basically a running back, catching three-yard passes, <laughs> got 13 of them, yeah. averaged 3.2 air yards per target. That's uh, just, it's just silly. It's, an, PPR ex- it's an extended handoff. No, but I'm saying yeah. in PPR, it's just silly. It's That's like, why PPR is dumb. This is dumb. It's like you look at the stat line, you're like, oh, my God, this guy absolutely crushed. Yeah. And you see 13, and 13, catches, 13, 13 catches, catches for 70 for yards. 70 yards. Yeah. It's just uh, on the just jet, On the Jets side, like – if you want, if you're interested in a YOLO play, you can stream Josh McCown. Uh, I would not. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> oh, a fan no of this way. offense right now. I'm not chasing Jermaine Curse's touchdown production either. He scored twice on five targets last. For whatever week. reason, Indomitian Sue also looks rejuvenated. Yes. Uh, that means bad things. Yeah. Um, and I was gonna say, uh, nine different receipt players received at least one of McCown's 25 targets in week two. So there's not a lot of volume to begin with, and McCown, being the veteran, is spreading it around. Jermaine Curse, bro. Five five targets, okay, James. Right, five fair targets fair from the Jets. <laughs> Hard pass. Although uh, <laughs> it's worth keeping an eye on Austin Safarian Jenkins, who Harmon wrote up in the Ooh, deep dive. May, probably not to what? play this week. I just saw another report that he's shocker out of shape a yes. little bit coming yes, off his suspension. Mm. But he's somebody to maybe scoop up and stash if fair you have enough. the space and you're desperate for tight end help. Atlanta. Take it on. Detroit in the Motor City. French, what you got? Yeah, this points. is uh, expected to be a high-scoring game. We got two quarterbacks who are playing out of their minds right now, Matt Ryan well. and Matt Stafford. Right. Matt Ryan has yet to throw a pick this season. I think he's his touchdown-to-interception ratio since week 14 of last year is 22-0. to zero, so Okay, pretty good. He's, uh, he's doing well. Pretty good. Matt Stafford is tied for the lead with Trevor Simeon with six touchdown passes this year, so you're firing him up against the Falcons. 
the Lions also have the number one red zone offense. By the, the way, NFL. Stafford's done well in 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 the first two weeks, given the matchups. For sure, he's had two really really tough matchups, and he's really come through. Yeah, I like Stafford's. I mean, he looks awesome this year. Mm -hmm. uh, you're starting all your Falcons. You're starting Devonta Freeman. You're starting Julio Jones. You're probably flexing Tevin Coleman just because it could be a high scoring game. Also, for whatever, for whatever reason, week. he scores more on the road than at home. I don't know if that's because of the matchups or because they're, road they're, splits. they're typically leading more at home, but Devonta Freeman gets all the touchdowns at home, and Coleman gets into the mix a little more on it's the so road. Random. It's so It's a weird thing, but you're okay. also – I'd, I'd, so. I'd roll Amir Abdullah out in the flex, hope for like 15 carries for maybe I 90 agree. yards. Yeah. A uh, couple catches. Maybe you're, you throw – you take a chance on Theo Riddick. I think this is yeah. a Theo Riddick. Uh, it's a good spot for I also wrote up Austin Hooper as like a deep streamer at tight end. Like it. Uh, Lions are susceptible to tight end fantasy points, as we saw Evan Ingram score against them last week. You're starting Eric Ebron. Uh, and the Falcons, something to watch. They're going to be without li star linebacker Vic Beasley. Yeah, man. So uh, he loss, accounted man. for 42.7% of Atlanta's sacks since 2016. So I, think, oh, I also I think like Golden Tate I here. think that's part of the reason why this game is going to be so high scoring is there's just both both quarterbacks are going to be able to sit back there and just chuck the rock all yeah, over the place. And, and just like between Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, it's like it, that's so unpredictable. Marvin yeah. Jones has – I think three catches and two touchdowns yeah. on the year. Right, exactly. Galladay kind of disappeared last week. That's a, that's a tough one. That's kind of why I like Ebron and Tate. Yeah, he did see two deep targets though, which yeah. is it's, that's what you want. Right? He so and Jones are definitely just high ceiling. Yeah, low yeah, floor. I, I, for I, sure. I think they're e they're for each sure. worth a shot in this game though. I mean, Jones is also he drew Patrick Peterson a lot in Week One and had to face that giant secondary. So his two touchdowns on. Three catches and anything necessarily to turn our noses up at. Yeah. No, in no, in a true. game, if he draws a better matchup, he could get pummeled with some targets. There you go. I like it. New Orleans taking on Carolina, divisional matchup. Matt Harmon, what do you got? Yeah, so this game, I, I don't really know how I feel about it overall in terms of like – What are your feelings? What are my feelings on this game? Well – <laughs> Look, there. Are, I think there's a chance that this could be a high-scoring game, but at the same time, you know, it's New Orleans on the road. We know that whole deal. And Carolina's defense has been, like, the best in the NFL. Phenomenal. It, I mean, they've been incredible. They've been pressuring. I mean, they de demolished the Bills' offense yeah. uh, last week, which, of course, a little bit different with it being the Saints. But, right. but nevertheless, like, I, I don't think this game turns into too, of, too much of a high-scoring contest. But for your Panthers – Obviously, this is a get-right spot for a lot of these guys that have oh, kind of yeah. started slow. Like, oh, yeah. I think Cam Newton is is definitely worth a shot. Uh, I don't know. Again, I don't know if he has like top ten upside or whatever, but um, I definitely think he, you know he he can get there because it's the Saints defense. Right. Uh, the guy I'm watching in this game in terms of the passing game uh, is. Calvin Benjamin, who obviously I think you're playing against the Saints, but also Devin Funches, who I wrote Funches. another player that I wrote up in deep dive, and it's like, geez, I'm really going to talk about Devin Funches right now, but but here we are. Uh, he's 44% of his targets have come from the slot. That's up from 24% uh, in 2016 and 8% in 2015. So they are using him in a different way. They're getting both of these guys on more uh, in-breaking higher percentage routes than just low percentage across the sideline. So and with the with Greg Olson leaving a big target vacuum, I think Devin right. Funch is definitely worth a a sleeper flex play in this spot. Um, and also, I think Christian McCaffrey gets going. Uh, the the Panthers might miss Ryan Khalil again this week, which is a big reason I think that their run blocking hasn't been all that great. Uh, but even if he's not out there, I mean, the the Saints always bleed passing production to running back. So you you think this yeah. is a spot where McCaffrey gets going? And, and on the Saints side, I mean, I don't think you're messing around with the backfield. Uh, Please don't. Yeah, don't do that. I think you're playing Michael Thomas just because he's top, the top target in this offense. And, and I think Kobe Fleener worth a shot again, too, because, I mean, at this point he has two touchdowns in two weeks, and he also scored a touchdown last time in 2016 when Willie Sneed didn't play. Three so. for three. Three for three. Fleen games without Sneed. I will say, if you're desperate, though, Mark Ingram is at least getting – could be a floor play. He's getting – I think he leads there. He's right behind Alvin Kamara in targets and uh, leads the team in rushing uh, yards and carries. I also want to say – It's not great, it's rough, but, like, yeah. but running back is, is, is bad rough, right yeah. now. You're right. You're right. I mean, Chris, right. Chris Thompson is the RB6 in standard league, so oh. let's – you know, beggars can't be choosers. Is he, here. is he the RB6 on six touches? Or uh, uh, 13 touches, yeah, this year, <laughs> and he's the RB6. Yes. I love it. I also want to say, if Cam doesn't get right in this game, that's a red flag yeah. because, I mean, it's the that's Saints. Like, and he's on the injury report with an ankle he suffered last week, and he's he's not 100% with his shoulder. Like, little concern. This, and Greg yeah. Olson is out. The Saints it's, thus it's, far have allowed a passer rating of over 141 to right. opposing quarterbacks. So if he can't get right, 
it's bad. It's yeah, a concern it's for good. Cam. Concern. Not good. For if sure. he does get right, maybe sell high on that. Okay. For there sure. Uh, it's only week three, but in a game that could determine the number one overall pick in the upcoming NFL draft, it is Cleveland taking on Indianapolis. Oh, Boy. I jumped ahead. I flipped over, and I was like, Houston at Pats? Like, what are you <laughs> talking about? I no, Cleveland <laughs> at Indianapolis. <laughs> nope. Uh, it's Cleveland taking on Indianapolis. It's the Browns. It's the Colts. Alex Gilhar, what do you got? I think there are actually a couple interesting fantasy starts in this one. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser is certainly on the streaming radar. We, the Colts have given up a, cu- a couple As is Jacoby Brissett, possibly. Uh, wow. I don't know about that. Okay, so Kaiser, though, uh, the Colts have been very susceptible to deep passes, um, and Deshaun Kaiser is one of the like highest volume deep passers in the league thus far. Yeah. I know JJ had a stat about him throwing it. I think he leads the league, uh, JJ Zacharyson, in passes of 15-plus air yards. But he's also thrown 16 passes of 20-plus air yards. Wow. And the Colts to date have allowed nine completions on 13 attempts of 20-plus air yards for 278 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. Plus, Kaiser also gives you the uh, rushing upside. He's got 10 attempts, 40-some yards, and a TD thus far. Okay. Uh, Isaiah Crowell, I think this is a good chance for him to get right. He's seen a ton of volume, but has gone up against two of the best run defenses in the league mm-hmm. thus far in Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Duke Johnson is interesting right now because after week one not playing a single snap in the backfield, he played 72% of his snaps in the backfield in week two. Still doesn't have the, the volume you want yet in a flex play. Four rushes, six targets last week, but he's trending in the right direction. Okay, just keep an eye uh, on that. Yeah, Rashard Higgins, I think he's a good – Volume playing Hollywood Higgins. Oh, God. Let's, uh, let's go out and sink with the ship here. Uh, <laughs> Harmon put his hands up in prayer at the moment. <laughs> the but t- you got to think he's – I mean, he's in, a, he's in a good spot He's in here. a very good spot. He's he got playing the slot. with targets, playing in the slot. Um, the, the tight ends are interesting, but we can't really start them yet because they're still, they're still splitting um, the snaps, like, right down the middle. DeValve played 45% and Njoku played 46 so, like – you want for a tight end at least somebody that's going to be out there more often. So let's wait and see how that shakes out. Okay. And uh, Colts side, I am breaking with my trend this week of uh, not starting any Colts until Andrew Luck comes back because <gasps> Jack Doyle is in a great yeah. spot to eat this week. Let's go, Jack Doyle. Uh, Brissett pummeled him with targets last week. Uh, Doyle caught all eight for 79 yards. Nice. The Browns to date have allowed this the guy mo- is so good at catching the football. They His have, catch rate is unbelievable. And the Browns have allowed the most catches, to the third most yards, and the most touchdowns to tight ends through two weeks. I love so. it. Fire up uh, Rainbow Six, Jack if I, Doyle. If I'm not mistaken, uh, he either led the league or was second in the league in catch rate among tight ends yeah. last year. I think he, he was first. good, man. Yeah. Uh, good. Houston taking on the Patriots. Gronk yeah. was limited in practice Wednesday. Franchise, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, if Gronk is starting, you're starting him, obviously. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me jump in first. Uh, the Pats said that uh, Gronk was not practicing, that he was uh, – out of practice, but multiple reporters saw him working on like the blocking, blocking sled, yeah. which is, by the way, that's the definition of limited in practice. Yeah, uh, just <laughs> FYI. But uh, so again, I mean, after he suffered that injury last week, we saw him on the stationary bike. He had already had 100 yards and a touchdown. I think they were just being cautious in the blowout. Okay. And then Monday, I was actually listening to the radio broadcast of the Monday night game, and they. I guess he did an interview with a local New England station and said, you know, it's not a serious injury. I'll be good to go next week. Beautiful. Uh, You know, it's good that he's getting limited practice, and you're starting Gronk. Uh, The Patriots' defense is obviously a solid play against Houston's offense. Uh, You're starting DeAndre Hopkins because, like, who else is there to catch passes? He's just been peppered with targets. Uh, You said Watson's a streaming option, maybe. I don't really – I'm not on board with that. Uh, yeah, mm. you're star- I think you're starting Mike Gillisley. You're starting James White. Gillisley leads the Patriots with 33 rush attempts. 13 of them have come in the red zone through two games. And James White has 11 receptions for 115 yards through two games. I didn't uh, check. Is Burkhead? He's uh, on the injury report. He did not practice on Wednesday, I think, is the last I saw. I don't okay. think you can start Burkhead. Nope. This doesn't profile as a Burkhead game either. Like last week did and more of a shootout, but this one they're going to probably get a lead and then Gillisley. Exactly. Uh, I think like seven of his 18 carries last week came in the fourth quarter. So, Boom. Nice. Uh, and maybe you throw Lamar Miller in the flex and hope he gets some volume early. Uh, if Donta Foreman is still available on your waiver wire, I him. would just pick him up right Go now. Yeah. Like yeah. He's another deep sleeper that could just be a beast later in the That's season. Right. Absolutely right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean – P- Patriots are going to win. and 
<laughs> All of your Texans are a huge question mark, pretty much. So Giants taking on Philadelphia divisional matchup, NFC East. Odell Beckham limited in practice on Wednesday, but we did see him play, remember? So, uh, Matt Harmon, what do we got? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to play any Giants. None? Not, I mean, I look, uh, as I said. I'm starting Beckham. Yeah, as, as I said up top. I don't have the stones to bench a player like Odell Beckham. Okay. Uh, I said that before Same. the before the game last week, uh, and I really you know people were like, "Well, you know, start your studs is stupid." And I agree, start your studs is stupid, but uh, Beckham, a little bit of a different situation here. I'm going down with that ship. The yeah. one league I have him, I think it's our uh, producer writers league. I'm just going down with. I it. have him in a lot of spots, and if he's and look, the Eagles cornerbacks are not good players, uh, so he can definitely get over there. The, the thing for the rest of the Giants' offense is they've, they've obviously struggled in pass protection. Uh, the Eagles have a pressure rate of 42.9% per next-gen stats, which is the second best in the NFL. Oh. So I think that's going oh, to no. be trouble up front. Don't want to play Eli. I think Brandon Marshall's droppable. Sterling Shepard's droppable. All these guys you just don't want anything to do with. I mean, Shane Vereen is really the guy. Is it weird that Shane Vereen's like the player I'm most excited about in the Giants' offense? Not a good sign. Like, not he, he can easily catch 80 passes this year. <laughs> like, that's, that's a, not a completely joke. not a joke at all. <laughs> Uh, so uh, oh, I think I think if you're in, like in a PPR league and you like need six points, like sure, throw. Also, throw by Shane the way, the, out there. the Giants' offense has scored 20 points or fewer in eight straight games now. Amazing. They have 13 points to their name in 2017. Uh, this amazing. is an offense that's allergic to the end zone right now, and you don't want anything to do with it in fantasy unless it's Odell. They're bad. They're or, they're a bad bad team. If uh, you're desperate, you maybe stream Evan Ingram. He did see seven targets. I don't lo- no, I don't love it. Yeah. He's in concussion protocol. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know. All right, never mind. Keep yeah. an eye on that. Don't do that. Uh, and on the Eagles side, don't – again, like Darren Sproles, kind of the same thing as Shane Vereen, like PPR floor play only. Uh, and in the passing game, I think Zach Ertz is in a great spot. The, yes. the Giants are just like the – I was talking about with the Jaguars and even the Broncos is they have these great bra- boundary perimeter corners. You want to go at them up the middle, and that's where Zach Ertz is obviously operating. Same with Nelson Aguilar as a slot volume, player. Man. Yeah. He's seeing yeah. a ton of volume. Uh, two rumors in this game, by the way. Rumors. Uh, Orleans Darkwall rumored to get more carries and more touches. Paul Perkins possibly going to be hitting the bench. I don't know if that matters because they can't run block. Well, they can't block in general. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia. On Philadelphia's side, uh, Corey Clement is rumored to be getting a little bit more work ah. as well. Uh, obviously, Wendell Smallwood has been anything but spectacular. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt doesn't look like a good system fit. Corey Clement out of Wisconsin, I thought was a very good player in college. He was uh, okay. Just a <laughs> okay. For, no, like for, I was gonna say, like uh, with the a lot of good running backs have come out of Wisconsin. They have. Um, Clement was just kind of like, eh, for me, and like he didn't profile very athletically at the no, combine. No, no, he he had very pedestrian numbers, so I'll be curious to see if he does anything. I don't in, in even this know offense. if he was drafted. No, I don't think he no, was. I think he was he's not. an undrafted. Yeah. I think he's an undrafted. But again, highly productive in college. I don't hate it. Um, they can't lean on Darren Sproles all year, you know. No, yeah, they got to find yeah, some kind of solution. It's craziness. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, for me, Wendell Smallwood is uh, not the solution. Uh, if it ends up being Corey Clement who gets I don't, even fifty percent of that share, it, it's a look. It's a name that you should at least. Find on your waiver wire, flag it, and be like, "Hey, let me just keep an eye Agreed. on Corey." Clark. No, it's a it's a good deep like deep it. guy to circle. I I would also I would sit Wentz. I don't really think we touched on that in this yeah. game. Oh, but how dare you! <laughs> I know he's the QB three <laughs> right now, but he uh the Giants defense is is still very very good. Yeah. And uh, in his two games against New York last year, Wentz completed just fifty six percent of his passes against them for five hundred yards and one touchdown and three picks. Okay. So if you have the Eagles defense this week, though, uh, going the opposite Fire way against Eli. Up. Oh my! I think both these. De- I, I think this is going to be an ugly, low-scoring oh, game. Oh sure. yeah. So what did Norris Jenkins deal is? I think he's coming Ooh, back this great week. Question. And if he comes back, that's probably not great news for Alshon Jeffrey. Oh yeah. No. R.I.P. Alshon for sure. Uh, Seattle taking on the Titans in another bruiser of a game. This is uh, starts off your afternoon tilt. Demarco did not practice. He had a hamstring injury on. Uh, He's been dealing with a hamstring injury ever since preseason. Didn't practice Wednesday. Corey Davis has already been ruled out yeah. because of his hamstring injury. Uh, Alex Gelhar, what do you got? This this got to be a low scoring game, right? I've been trying to I've been trying oh, to get a game is going to get I've been trying to get a bead on this game all week, and it's tough. Like I think we're at the point where you can't start Russell Wilson right now. You need we need to see this offense get right. The Titans have a pretty good defense. 
Um, and it's just like uh, Russell Wilson hasn't been able to get anything going in the passing game. I think Chris Carson is a fine start as, as long as there's no late-breaking news heading into Sunday that Thomas Rawls is going to Well, Thomas Rawls start. started in week two. Right, I know. Didn't but, matter, I mean, like, yeah. we, we need to – unless there's some big-breaking news, they're like, we're going to saddle Thomas Rawls with 20 carries. He's back. I think you can start Carson. You can start Baldwin as a floor play. We're not playing Jimmy Graham, as we already talked about. Not playing Paul Richardson. I don't love the Seahawks' defense in this spot either. I mean, maybe really? because – it's going to be a low-scoring game, but yeah. the uh, the Titans have one of the best offensive lines in that's football that, yeah. Actually, protects, that protects Marcus Mariota, yeah. and he doesn't turn the ball over that often. Yeah, okay. You're so, right. so there's there's going to be limited – it's a limited ceiling play if you're rolling yeah. out their defense. Maybe get five es- or six out of them or something. Especially because they're going on the road, too. Good uh, Very good on the flip side, too, with the Titans, like, you can't play Mariota. He has, uh, he has struggled recently, actually. He's thrown one touchdown or fewer in five straight games going back to last year. That includes the one where he broke his leg, but – he had that hot stretch during the middle of the season last yeah. year and he then has nuts. gone quiet, yeah. like really quiet. And with Corey Davis out, Eric Decker looking a little old and a little slow right now, like his upside is just no non-existent. And, the, and that's the way they built their team, right? Yeah. I mean, it's to run the ball, play good defense. Which, if there are this any, is what they want to do. If there's anybody to start, it's obviously Derrick Henry in this one. I don't think you can play Murray on a banged-up hamstring yeah, against the Seahawks. Plus, he's not practicing. Yeah. Uh, Delaney Walker, I get. I mean, just because tight end is a wasteland. It sounds like you don't want to play anyone I, in this, this game. Is a bad, <laughs> it's not a great game for fantasy. Of course, watch right, this game. Right, will be, right. This can, game will be forty-two to thirty-five. Can we please have Derrick Henry break out so for like three funny. touchdowns? Carlos um, Hyde shredded Seattle last week on the ground. I will say, with Corey Davis being out, if you're desperate for wide receiver play, you could maybe start Matthews, uh, Rashard Matthews, only mm. because. Mariota has eyes for him in tough situations. And uh, I grabbed this from Next Gen Stats because I thought it was interesting. Uh, where is that in my thing? Okay, so Matthews has caught three of his four targets, uh, or three of four targets when he's had close coverage. That's within a defender within one yard of him. And those account, that's uh, nearly 30% of all of Matthews' targets, which is by far the most among the team. Okay. So, like, when Mariota is worried or under duress, he goes to Matthews a lot recently Listen, this year. If so he, If he does that with Richard Sherman on him, see ya. He's made, but if you watch their games, he's made some really impressive catches in tight coverage. I'm okay. not it's, thrilled it's about it, is, but yeah. it's a it's a, it's a a desperation flex okay. for somebody out uh, of this matchup. Out of baby. Does Taewon Taylor, sleeper? Oh, I like it. He got some work last yeah. week. He's a, he's a good player. With he's all a, these other dudes injured? He's a good player. I, and, would, I would like it more if they weren't going oh against the Seahawks, though. Yeah. No. yeah. And, but no, but he profiles as the kind of receiver that actually burns the Seahawks as one of those shifty, quick, small guys. I was I was trying to talk myself into it I because when I was starting to look at this game for the matchups column, I was like, yeah, Taewon Taylor, but he hasn't gotten enough work yet. Yeah, Dude, deep I, post out of the slot? Give it to me. I, no? I, I, I'm not not okay. in this game. Right. I mean, he only watches. played like eleven snaps. Yeah, last week. that that was the thing. Like they started to get him. He in played the eleven snaps, but he was that productive. He had like two he had two catches for oh, sixteen yards. What was he? What was, oh, I just feel like he made one. some kind of no, splash. He play had a or long something. run. Yeah. I think he had a yeah. long run. I think in that game was run? what it was. Yeah. Oh, I was looking at his rushing. He had two rushes actually. He what? had he had one catch for forty two yards. Yeah, that yeah. was he had. Oh, a deep, he had a deep nice. That's what it was. Yeah, he had a couple runs and one deep catch. But like he's another player to circle. But like it's got to be a wait and see approach with him for now. All right, all right, there you go. Uh, all right, where are we here? KC, uh, KC. Yeah. Chargers. French. All right, so so I think you're starting Phillip Rivers in this game. Uh, Casey's pass defense hasn't been great. They they, they rank uh, 27th in the league right now. Okay. And uh, Phillip Rivers and Keenan Allen, you know, Keenan Allen's back and he's helping. Cooking. Dude, yeah, he helping Phillip Rivers' production. Uh, Rivers this year, he's 261 pass yards per game. A four to one touchdown interception ratio. Where Keenan is he on the QB rate uh, ranking list? Because he's been doing pretty well. Wait, who? P. Riv? F- Rivers? Yeah. I mean, I'll despite the sure. fact that it, despite the fact that he took on Denver, uh, uh, it's right. not bad. True. Uh, Keenan Allen has 14 receptions this season, tied for third most among wide receivers. You're starting these guys. I think. You know, Melvin Gordon's production last week was a little concerning. He didn't do much on the ground, but he's getting. Again. I think he had eight. Seven catches on eight targets and like 65 yards receiving. So, I think you can rely on that kind of floor from him, even yeah. if he's not he's a getting it play. done on the ground. Yeah. yeah, and he had the goal line touchdown. So, uh, you're starting Melvin Gordon for sure. Um, I think, and 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 the the Chiefs' offense is just firing on all cylinders. You're starting Tyreek Hill. You're starting Travis Kelsey. You're starting Kareem Hunt. Yep. Uh, and I believe the Chargers will be out. Without Jason Verrett again with a knee injury, so right. that opens some. That's things concerning. Up. Yeah, we go to produce. Well, a deep here. deep sleeper. 
oh, yeah. in this game, I think, uh, is producer Chris's guy, Travis Benjamin. True. Okay. Uh, I think he could get over for a big play because if you just look at how the Chiefs deploy their cornerbacks, obviously they mostly just keep Marcus Peters at left corner there. He's uh, been struggling this season, too. Yeah, yeah. Marcus he's a, Peters he's, has? Yes. He's a, good, he's a good player, though. But, but you know, nevertheless, like, Keenan Allen plays 55% of his snaps in the slot, so he can definitely get over in that in the middle of the field where KC typically struggles at slot cornerback. But Travis Benjamin also 42% of his snaps from the slot, so he could rip, you know, a couple of big plays there okay. on the inside. Okay, nice. What is the latest on uh, Jason Barrett, producer Chris? We don't know. <laughs> and And – it is a little concerning because this guy did not practice for a majority of training camp. It took him like two or three weeks to get in the mix. Issue. He's got a knee issue, and I, I don't know if it's the same knee that he hurt in week four last year. Okay. But you know, it's just a wait-and-see situation, you know. But you never like to see these guys out early because Monday night against the Broncos was the first time we saw Verrett, Hayward, Bosa, and Ingram on the field at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately, Verrett goes out in week two. So right. uh, it looked like Trevor Williams – he filled in uh, week two. He had five starts last year. So, I don't know. It's interesting. But I will say this about Keenan Allen. Uh, week one, the first half of that Chiefs game, he ate up Marcus Peters. Oh, yeah. It was like six catches for 63 yards. Yeah. And, and he was, you know, and then he got hurt in that second half. But, I mean, watch back that first half. It was unbelievable. So, I like Keenan Allen a lot, and I like Hunter Henry. Um, especially, with, I think people aren't realizing the the loss of Eric Berry. You know, they, they, true, had, a, yeah, true. they had a defensive struggle against the Eagles Last week, so I think Hunter Henry potentially could get off. He had seven targets, seven catches for 80 yards last week. Yep. There you go. Cincinnati taking on the Packers. Tyler Eifert did not practice Wednesday. He's got a knee issue in addition to having a back issue as well. He is looking not – I saw uh, Schefter had tweeted while we were in great. the pod that he did not practice again today and oh, is looking severely done. doubtful. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I mean, even if he goes, I'm not rolling him out there. Forget that. Not great, Bob. Matt Harmon, what do you got? Fair enough. Uh, this is hopefully a get-right game for some of your Bengals uh, in a high-scoring game. Is it, though? Well, it better be. <laughs> uh, also, no, uh, to, to help that, the Packers just announced that Nick Perry, one of their top pass rushers, is yeah. having hand surgery this week. Oh, no. Uh, so he's out, and Mike oh, Daniels is probably God. in doubt as well. So the Packers defense. Bro, if this is a game that turns into like one of those 14-13 games, I'm I'm, be I'm breaking my remote. No, I th- I'm, what I'm meaning is it might actually be higher scoring. Like the Bengals, I hope so. the Bengals might have chances to If this put if up it's like points. a 42-35 game, I'm all about it. Right. right. Yeah, I mean this this should profile as a high scoring game. Uh look, the Bengals right now one of their imperatives apparently under Bill Lazor is to get the ball out quickly. Uh right now Andy Dalton is 14th in fastest time to throw. Uh, so I, there's not too much room to go up there. Uh, they are getting the ball out pretty quick. The Bengals are 15th in pressure rate allowed, according to Next Gen Stats. So I, I really think like the answer is just Andy Dalton just needs to play better. Like, so I'm almost, that sounds weird, but I'm a little comforted by that fact that it's not like a, like a broken offense, you know, or whatever. I just but think it's broken because Andy Dalton looks like right. But we've seen Andy Dalton. Pl- play pretty well before yeah. under under good conditions and I think that the conditions are decently enough there for him to improve like I said I think he just needs to get right I mean he ran he ran into tough spots against Baltimore and against Houston those are those are not good uh, defenses true. to, to kind of get that's going true. on especially happy feet right totally so and, and that's who we know Andy Dalton is I think the Packers could provide a softer landing okay. spot Fair uh, everything is lining up for AJ Green like if you have him don't sell him and if you can buy him Go do okay. that before Sunday. I like it. Uh, and other than that, Joe Mixon is a is a guy that people are dropping right now, and I definitely want to pick him up if, if they're doing that. I think he's a total buy low right now. Great buy low, but don't want to play him in this. Don't want to play any of those Bengals backs. No, we gotta right we now. gotta see how the Ken Zampezi workload splits. The, I'm the hope is that he starts feeding Mixon yes. more uh, because they drafted him high, and Jeremy Hill has been inefficient to say the least the last couple years but yeah i i'm with you i can't start the Bengals backs just yet but this could tell us a lot about how to value them going forward interesting all right sunday night football oakland taking on washington rob kelly back at practice in a limited capacity on wednesday uh if you were like me and jumped the gun and 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 burned a high waiver priority on some jp ryan sorry you would jeez you just can't quit I don't know what to do. I mean, it's like I drafted him, then I dropped him, then I, I spent a high waiver priority on him. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> he is, he is uh, your boogeyman yeah. this year. He's it's, your fantasy uh, boogeyman. It's not good. 
It's not great. But Rob Kelly, no, uh, it is a good sign for the Washington offense. Rob Kelly is back. Um, again, is dealing with the bruised rib. Um, there was fears that it was going to be a cracked rib, which would have probably left him out, you know, anywhere between, you know, four to five weeks. So uh, if you are a, a guy that has Rob Kelly, I, I don't necessarily know if he's playable this week because of the injury. Nah. But Alex Gelhar, what do you got? I think this is a good game for the passing offenses. Um, I actually think – I mean, obviously you're going to start Cooper, you're going to start Crabtree, but – this could be a game to go back to the well with Jared Cook. I know franchise yeah. wrote him up as a streamer last, last week. Didn't, I think he, he had 25 yards. Yeah, he, had, he was targeted six times, though. He was tied for the most on the team. Had four okay. catches, 25 yards. He but averaged under three air yards per target, by the way. So he was getting rough. the Jarvis Landry Yeah, treatment. that's rough. Just didn't get any downfield but, looks. But Washington got ripped apart by Ertz, and then last week they gave up big plays to, to, the, to the Rams tight ends, yeah. too. So. Gerald Everett had almost 100 yards. Yeah, this could be a, this could be a spot to go back to um, Jared Cook there. I think both quarterbacks are good plays this week. I mean, I don't know what to do with the Washington pass catchers right now. If anybody else has any insight they'd like to share, that'd be great. But maybe this is a good spot for Terrell Pryor. It to feels like it is at home yeah. against Oakland. I mean, it, it, you figure the 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 pass catchers there. I don't know. It's just been it's just been tough to read because after. Pryor got pummeled with volume in week one. He right. fell back to earth and only had, like, what, four targets last week? Yeah, so, And most of it in the second half. I think I think this is a good spot to start Cousins, though. I think I think this is one of those games where he's back at home. He'll probably put up close Cousins, to yeah. three hundy and a couple couple TDs at I least. I hope so. Chris Thompson's a good – I think is a good play, too, this week with Rob Kelly nicked up. Right. I, they they handed P. Ryan 21 carries last week, which was kind of crazy. But yeah. I, would, I would assume that Chris Thompson gets a few more touches, and he's just been so good with them thus far. And it could be a higher-scoring game or at least you know a pressure to score more anyways because Oakland's going to put up points regardless. Yep. Um, and if that's the case, they're going to have Chris Thompson out there in a pass-catching role. Yep. And, and you're right. I could absolutely see him getting more volume. All right, Dallas at Arizona. Monday night football. John Brown likely out with a quad injury. French, what do you got? Yeah, this is uh, Zeke and Dak are both looking to bounce back here after a terrible game against uh, Denver. Denver. Hey, real really quick, can we have a conversation about Zeke? Sure. Because I think we've all kind of sort of given him a pass because he's had really, really tough matchups. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you start a, uh, start against, you know, Snacks Harrison and the Giants defensive line, and then you got to go play Denver and their defensive line. Uh, so you, you, you give Zeke a pass. I think you give Zeke a pass. But if he doesn't do something this week, are we starting to get a little bit more concerned? A little bit. I mean, he had a fine week one. 24 carries, sure. over 100 yards, 4.3. That's, that's, yeah. yeah, yeah, he caught, he caught all five of his targets, too. And that's Dallas's game. When they're winning, like, that's that's how they win. They give Zeke the volume. Last week, they were blown out, and yeah. they didn't – They uh, Denver forced Dak to beat them, and he couldn't. I've I've actually been encouraged with his with his usage. I mean, outside again, outside of on the ground last week, which was obviously n not what you'd expect, tough right. spot. But he's got five targets in both games, and that's important because yep. it was something that wasn't there uh, in, in week one. Or, I mean, in in his first season, excuse me. So, I'm I'm the the thing with Zeke is just all the chatter that's gone on with his, and I don't know if that's what you're referring to, but like his effort or whatever. The effort, the weight. Uh, you know, obviously he's got a lot of stuff going on off the field as well. It yeah. Just, I just I just bring it up because is it a situation? Wasn't me this time. Hey, wasn't me this it was time. Me. Yeah. <laughs> it was a tweet. A tweet. The volume got me. Autoplay. Um, it's a situation where I, I just look. There's a lot of negative reports going on surrounding uh, Ezekiel Elliott. You know, and again, the 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 weight concerns me a little bit. Um, the effort level, obviously, as we saw. I don't know. I, yeah, not that, not that that's fantasy relevant necessarily, but if these, if all of these things start compounding and compounding, it's 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 a situation where you're you're carrying a lot of baggage on. Yeah, the yeah. I mean, no, you say it's not fantasy relevant, but it, it kind of is in a way because like we forget all the time that these are human beings. Exactly. And, like this is a guy that look, whatever you feel about Ezekiel Elliott, I think is is justified. If you you feel some negative feels towards him totally justified but this is a i mean this is a person that's going through a lot i'm not trying and i'm right. not giving him a pass like oh poor zeke's going through a lot whatever but like he's got a lot on his plate right now yes. and, and like any human being like if you were going through this maybe you're you know you're 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 dealing with it by eating a couple more burgers a night you know i don't you know, know. I mean? I, it, it, who knows or it's just a, overall stress yeah weight. just stress know. stress weight i don't know I don't but know. it's just it's a lot to carry and also try to play nfl football that's which right by the way, That's is right. hard. That's it's right. really a difficult thing to do. That is exactly so right. So he's one of the riskiest players to, to be invested in right now in fantasy because of all this stuff that's going on. 
behind the, the scenes. The price you paid. The price you paid. And, by the way, like, we have no idea what's going to go on with this legal situation. Like, right. it could be week six and all of a sudden Zeke's out for six games. Yeah. So, like, you have no idea when this is going to happen. It's true. Uh, we should get back into the rest of this matchup, though. I will. I, I just wanted to bring that up no, it was because a good, it was a good discussion. It's one of those things where, you know, I know a lot of people are starting to get – a little bit worried about Zeke from a fantasy perspective. That's all. All right, yeah. French, who else do we like in this uh, matchup? Dez had 16 targets last week. Amazing. And everyone was worried about him having these tough matchups against the top corners and stuff. Now I think he'll be up against Patrick Peterson maybe. Mm-hmm. Probably. Uh, Probably. But I don't expect 16 targets unless Dallas gets down early, which against Arizona I don't think is going to happen. I think you rolled Dez out there. 100%. I think you're, you're starting uh, You're starting Zeke. The The Cardinals have the 30th-ranked rush defense through two games. Do you believe in J.J. Nelson? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, why not? I don't expect a huge game like he had last week, but John Brown is out. Larry Fitzgerald was shut down by the Cardinals, uh, uh, by the Colts. I mean, not oddly. the Cardinals offense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of getting shut down by the Cardinals. Uh, by the Colts. <laughs> I think Larry Fitzgerald bounces back a little bit here. But, yeah, I mean, J.J. Nelson, Carson Palmer had eyes for him. Deep Seven sleeper. targets, 120 yards, and a touchdown. Deep sleeper in this game as well. Dude, Jeron Brown. Jerron Brown is definitely worth a look. He saw 11 too. Yep. Yeah, getting, ver- getting vertical looks too. I like it. So I think you're starting, you know, Dez, Zeke, Nelson. You can't – until we see how the Cardinals' backfield plays out, like they said they might get Chris Johnson some more work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you can start anyone there. Like, if he gets the volume in this game, then maybe going forward you can consider him, like, a, a flex play. Uh, but I want to see what happens there first. By the way, tight end one, Jason Winton on the year right Un- now. Probably, oh, yeah. probably worth a throw out there, too. 90 Un- yards and a touchdown in both games. Hey, I told you guys this. No, I didn't. Nobody, <laughs> nobody said that. <laughs> yeah, All man. right, let's close out your show with a round of Daily Daps. All right, we go to the Whisk Kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhart. What do you got? Uh, two daps. One started BoJack Horseman season four recently. I think we're what four episodes in. Harmon, yep. been uh, really digging it. It's a it's a fantastic show uh, on show. Netflix. It's uh, not it's a, it's very funny at times, but also can get very dark and existential. And it's just right up my freaking alley. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a it's a fantastic show. If you haven't watched it, check out the past seasons. They've got some great characters, really smart writing, and I've been digging this new season. And uh, also, Daily Daps to the book I'm reading right now, uh, Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance. Uh, it's about it's a guy who grew up in like the Appalachian area, you know, uh, Kentucky and the edge of Ohio and stuff, and grew up essentially as a hillbilly. And um, he had, you know, met a lot of interesting people growing up and uh, went into the military, now has a law degree from Yale, I believe. And it's just kind of telling the storyhood of his or the story of his childhood and growing up. And who these people are that so often get overlooked in American culture, and just where they where they live and how they operate, and, and who they are, and it's been a very fascinating read so far. So, nice, uh, highly recommended. Uh, Hillbilly Elegy is the there book. There you go, Matt Harmon. What do you got? Yeah, I just want a daily dap. Uh, all the people that do all the great like behind the scenes work here at NFL Network, NFL.com, like the people that aren't. You know, us idiots out there with thousands of Twitter followers constantly, like, you know, patting you on the back and retweeting you like, oh, this is great stuff. Like, we can't do our jobs without these people. And they so often just, you know, aren't considered and aren't thought about. But, uh, you know, we're – we're nothing without uh, all the help of those people. So, so daily dap to, and there's there's tons of them, you know, in, in all kinds of different departments. I want researchers. You to name all of them. Okay, well, <laughs> let me pull up uh, <laughs> uh, the whole roster here. Open uh, up all those different listservs. Yeah, like exactly. Just read off your email listservs. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, all the people in social department, research, uh, production, you. all those people that do the work that like basically elevates us to look no to pretend to look as good as we engineering think, as we and yeah. stuff the people that helped producer chris set up this weird Holy rig we've got in the Lord. conference room right now <laughs> yes, to do absolutely. all this stuff hey yeah. i did this all myself today yeah, so beautiful yeah. nice <laughs> well then um, daily daps to you chris daily yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll piggyback off of that daily daps to uh, uh, a producer a colleague uh, todd mossberg who helps um you know produce the nfl fantasy live show he's going through some stuff right now mm-hmm. um daily daps to him you know and, and really and I, and I would say this regardless because he actually believed in the product, right? So he believed in Konos as an actual television segment um, and really worked hard to put that on television. It's a relatively complex oh, – I didn't even know you got you put that on TV. What episode was that, on Sunday? Yeah, it's on Sunday. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So they put it on Sunday. 
Um, and and yeah, Todd Mossberg believed in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a complicated it's a complicated segment. Um, but he believed it enough in me to simplify it, make it television friendly. And he did all of those things to kind of uh, behind the scenes to kind of make that engine go. Um, and I absolutely appreciate that. So um, Todd Mossberg, uh, thoughts, prayers out to you, my friend. Uh, I know he's going through some stuff right now. But uh, but yes, can't wait to, to get you back in the office and see you again, my friend. All right. Uh, franchise, what do you got? Yeah, I've been watching uh, the show on A&E, the, the Murder of Lacey Peterson, uh, like a documentary. I just finished it last night, and when this trial was going on, I think it was 2003 or four. like I was finishing up high school, and you know I, I saw it in the press, and the media it was like a media storm, obviously, right? Uh, but didn't really understand what was going on there, and this documentary, you know, Scott Peterson's in jail now on death row, and this documentary opens up some mishaps mm. uh, along the way that happened with the trial that helped to get him convic convicted and I'm not saying I'm on one side or the other but it was kind of eye-opening and I think they're gonna this is gonna come up again uh, soon here in, in the state of California Supreme Court uh, he might get a retrial or something so interesting cool to cool to like get all this info and and the oversights and the jury selection and all these other factors that went into having him convicted interesting and uh, you know there was never any real solid ev evidence that he did it and he still got convicted and sentenced to death so it was just cool and insightful to watch it's something that went on while i was alive but i wasn't really paying attention right. to it exactly. it's the same kind of thing with like making a murderer on netflix yeah. like yeah. i especially because that was in my state but i was so young when it happened like right. my parents would be watching it on the news and i'm like i don't care about this I'm exactly go play exactly. video games or something <laughs> like you know i was i was too young to care but it was right. just and those those kind of like in-depth looks at the legal process and stuff for such high profile cases are because like you get a good coverage on the news, but, you know, in their two- to three-minute segment on it, they can't go as deep as an hour-long show. So mm. those things are always yeah. fascinating to like, watch. It was like effect. four or five episodes. And so. so much of the documentation isn't, isn't even available like at that time. Right, yeah. exactly. It's available after. Exactly. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's interesting. Breaking news, NFL.com's Matt Franciscovich takes stand on murder trial. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said I didn't have one side or the other. <laughs> Please reach out to him at this number for comment. I think the documentary, like the show stance oh, was, man. this guy deserves a second chance. And yeah. Matt Franciscovich also makes his stance. That was no. the angle the show took. I'm not taking a stance. I just found it interesting oh, to watch. Producer Chris, what do you got? Take oh, my home, goodness. Pal. All right. James Go gets my dab today. He, he was a uh, guest on Chargers Weekly. Dropped oh, some fantasy nice. knowledge. Nice. It was great. We got Kevin Harlan and James Co. Nice. this week. Which, wow. What more can you ask for, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the same thing when, when I was on it and Chris tweeted out, like, we've got Greg Gumbel and Matt Harmon. <laughs> no, but you guys have been awesome. Franchise <laughs> came on. The Harmon Here. came on. Co came on. We got to get oh, Alex yeah, on. Soon, yep. We got to go with your agent, I guess, right? Kevin Harmon. No, yeah, yeah, my people. Yeah, <laughs> That's great. All right, what a what a big time show we had here. Uh, a lot of fun as always. Producer Chris, Alex Gilhar, Matt Harmon, and Matt Franciscovich. I am James Go. We'll see you Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. 
Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.